May we thank our choir for that wonderful gift to us. It is so good to see everybody here today, and I just want to say once again, uh, just lead us in that, that wonderful statement that the church proclaims, not just on Easter, but all the time, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. Whether you are a first-time visitor or a long-time covenant partner of this church, we are so glad that you are here today. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to tell you why we're so glad that you're here today. But this morning, I'd like to continue the reading of Scripture by turning to the book of Romans, the sixth chapter, beginning in the third verse. Just two verses here that I'd like to read to you. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Let us pray. O oh Lord, you have brought us here today, and so we ask that you would help us to hear. Lord, we ask you to speak, and we ask that you would open your word to us on this Resurrection Sunday. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. For it is in the name of your Son, our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. You know, there's never been a time in my life when I did not believe that the resurrection of Jesus was true. I have always known the historical evidence and witness of the Bible and believed that they were true. But a few moments, uh, excuse me, a few months ago, I had the opportunity to share an experience that made all of that truth seem more real. The book of the Apostle John says this, Now in the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. When we were in the Holy Land last November in Jerusalem, we visited that garden tomb. The place where Jesus was buried the place where Jesus rose from the grave. Now, we've been preparing for this trip for five years. For five years, we had dreamed about being in the Holy Land. I dreamed about being in the places where Jesus walked. I dreamed about being in the place where he lived and where he died. And I dreamed about being in the place where he rose again. And so we all lined up, and then they took us into the tomb in groups of four. Now, we got in there, and I remember being in there, and I just, I just remember this feeling that I just wanted to stay forever. I just wanted to kneel down or sit down and just pray. I just wanted to ponder. I wanted to 
think. I wanted to just sit there and study the lines and the rocks. I wanted to just experience and just be there. But it seemed like as soon as we went in, they told us it was time to come out. We were only able to stay in for about four or five minutes. And it seemed that just as we were settling in, getting through the awe of just being there, they told us it was time to leave. Now, again, I'd been waiting for five years. And on top of that, I've been thinking about this my whole life. And now after four minutes, I had to get up and get out of the tomb to make room for the next group. Can you believe that? I thought we paid the extra money for the big package, you know. But there I was, there we all were, walking out of the tomb. And as I began to, to walk out, as I started to step across that threshold, I know it may sound weird, but even after four minutes, I felt different. And I don't mean that I suddenly had some, some feeling of supernatural rush or anything like that. No, it was more like everything that I'd ever read on paper, everything that I'd ever seen on a TV or movie screen, everything that I had heard from beloved teachers and preachers and friends and parents. All of a sudden, all of that was as real as the rock that was all around me. And it wasn't just true factual history anymore. It was real. When you... When you're actually there, you feel like you're part of the story. It's one thing to believe that the Easter story, that the resurrection is historically true. But let me ask this. When does it become real in a person's life? Do you have to go to the Holy Land? Or can it happen in other ways? On this Easter Sunday, let's talk about the truth and the reality of the resurrection. Let's start with the truth of the resurrection. Before we go any further, I want to be clear. This story is true. This really happened. It's not just a legend. It's not just a myth. It's not a hoax or a fable. The bodily resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth is a historical fact. It is every bit as historically true and as real as World War II, as the war in Ukraine, or as the Battle of the Alamo. From eyewitnesses, from their accounts to documentary evidence, the fact that Jesus of Nazareth rose from the grave is actually one of the best attested events of the ancient world, even of human history. This really Happened. I don't want you to leave here confused on where we as a church stand on this. And there are lots of important details to this story, but I would ask you to visualize and really just focus on three right now. First, he was dead, but now he is alive. The angel that met them at the tomb asked them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's alive. The second fact I want you to visualize is this, that the tomb was empty. Just like when we got there, it was empty. The angels declared, he's not here. 
He's not here in the tomb. He has risen. In Matthew 28, 6, the angel challenges the, the women who were there to check out the empty grave. He says, come, see the place where he lay. Come, see, he is not here. And as if that wasn't enough, third, the fact that I want you to remember about Easter is that he appeared to the disciples. Later, in that, later that evening, the disciples saw him. Luke 24, 36 says this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. Here's the point. They didn't have to rest all of their hope on the proof of an empty grave, of an empty hole alone. Because there he was, standing, alive, not just alive, but better than he had ever looked before, radiant, transformed, and godlike. He was there in front of them. These are the facts, and they are true. But like I said, we're not here just to talk about the facts of the resurrection today. Today, we're going to talk about the reality of the resurrection. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important event since the creation of the world. But God doesn't just want us to remember the event. God raised Jesus from the dead to make a real difference in our lives now and forever. Luke's teacher and mentor, the Apostle Paul, wrote this. He said, We were buried before, therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Look back at that second passage that we read today. So on one level, those words of Paul are about eternal life beyond death. It means that those who die in Christ will be together with Christ and that we will not just live forever, but that when Christ returns and the new kingdom comes to earth, we will be raised up as Jesus was raised up, body and soul, to live a new life as resurrected people in a restored creation. That is the promise of resurrection. That is the promise of the resurrection of the dead. And it is part of the promise of life beyond death or eternal life. And so this is definitely a statement about our future but it's also a statement about our here and now. It also means that our new life begins now. So let me ask you this. What would your life look like if it were new now? What would a new life look for you? look like for you now? I told you earlier I was going to mention why I was glad that you were here today. Well, here's the reason. I'm glad you're here today because I know that the Lord brought you to this Easter service today for a reason. No matter what reason you think you're here for, no matter why you think you are here, you are not here by accident 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Savior of the world, wants you to hear something today, and he wants to change your life. That's why you're here today. Not because your grandmother told you you had to come or your parents told you you had to come. Not because you just feel like it's something you should do. Not because you're here every Sunday. God has a reason for you to be here today. He wants you to hear something. Something that you need to hear because he wants to change your life. But here's the problem. We're all stuck in the tomb. Now think about when, when we were told it was time to leave the tomb. I, just, I wanted to stay. I wanted to ground. I wanted to, I wanted to sit down and pray. And I wanted to dwell in it for a while. And, and they pushed us out. And I think, I think now that's right. We, weren't man, we were not made to stay in the tomb. We're not meant to be in the tomb. But the problem is we're often stuck in the tomb. We're stuck in our old dead ways, wearing the problems of the pain in our lives like a shroud, wrapped in those grave clothes like a mummy. And just like Jesus left the tomb, just like he left the place of death and he left the grave clothes behind, he wants us to walk out of the tomb as his living children. He wants us to walk out with him in newness of life. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you a couple of questions. What is your tomb? And what are the grave clothes you're wearing? What's keeping you from newness of life? Maybe you've got mistakes in your past. Maybe you committed a crime, made bad, made bad choices, hurt somebody, went to prison, left people on the outside, leaving you in a tomb of guilt and shame. Maybe someone you love died, leaving you in a tomb of grief wearing grave clothes of despair and depression and desperation that just won't let you move on with your life. Maybe you're struggling with some kind of disease or trauma or mental illness, leaving you in a tomb of pain, wearing grave clothes of dread that you'll never live a healthy life free of fear. Or maybe you're in that tomb because you were abused or abandoned or manipulated or betrayed. You were hurt, leaving you in a tomb of woundedness and mistrust, of bitterness, wearing the grave clothes of hostility and suspicion. Maybe you've struggled with temptation. Maybe you grew up in an environment where you always had to prove yourself to prove your worth, leaving you in a tomb of others' approval. Maybe you got hooked on something, a substance or a habit that you can't get away from or that you can't go of and get out of your system, leaving you in a tomb of addiction, wearing the grave clothes of slavery. Or maybe you're overwhelmed at work. The busyness is just weighing you down and you're in a tomb of distraction wearing the grave clothes of stress. Or maybe you've just watched too much TV and the news is getting to you, the crime and the violence and the and the politics 
leaving you in a tomb of anger and bitterness. Or maybe, maybe you walked away from religion, from church, and from God a long time ago for whatever reason. And you think it's too late. And now you're living in a tomb of futility thinking that because you walked away from God that he's walked away from you. Beloved, what is your tomb? What's that hole that you're trapped in that you just can't seem to get out of? I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what's going on in your life, all I know is that we're all dealing with something. We're all living in some kind of tomb, wearing some kind of grave clothes of death, or if not you, then you know somebody like that. You know somebody who is living in that tomb. But today I'm here to declare that whatever tomb you're in, whatever death shroud you're wearing, Jesus wants to walk you out of that tomb so that you can leave those grave clothes behind. I want you to think back again to the first words that Jesus said to his disciples. Peace to you. And then he said, see my hands and my feet, that it is myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Why did Jesus show them his hands and feet. He showed them the wounds in his hands, the holes in his feet, the scar on his side to say, look at my hands and look at my feet and look at my side. I was dead, but now I'm alive. Look what happened to me. And yet, the God who loves me, the God whom I trust, that my God and Father brought me through it. Walking in newness of life means that we can live with the confidence that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord and that there is nothing that life can do that life can do to us that God can't undo and nothing that death can take away from us that God can't give back in this life or in the life to come. That means that everything that guilt and pain can distress, everything that sin can pollute, everything that cancer and disease can corrupt, everything that war can destroy, everything that violence and crime can take away, everything that poverty can deprive us of, God can give back. He really can make a difference in your life. And the proof is the risen body of Jesus Christ. What makes the resurrection real is that, is when, is that when we, excuse me, it's when we realize that what Jesus did, he did for us. And he did it for the people that we love. And he did it for the people around us. On Good Friday, Jesus took on our suffering and sin 
and he died the death we deserved and was buried in the tomb that we were supposed to be in forever so that on Easter Sunday, he could rise up and lead us out of the tomb to walk with him in newness of life. Newness of life comes from leaving the tomb and leaving the grave clothes behind and walking with the risen and living Jesus. So let me ask it again. What is the tomb that you need to walk out of, that you need Jesus to lead you out of? He has rolled the stone away. He has opened the door. What's the tomb that you need to walk out of? Leave guilt and shame behind. Walk out in forgiveness. Leave pain and futility and confusion behind and walk out in trust. The trust that you matter to God and that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Leave anger and mistrust and hostility behind and walk in patience and grace. Leave depression and despair and, des and desperation that nothing will ever get better behind and walk in hope. Leave addiction and slavery behind and walk in freedom. Leave grief behind and walk in the knowledge that God is holding that person that you lost in the palm of his hand and he sees him face to face. Leave abandonment and isolation and loneliness behind knowing that even when it seems like we've got nobody else, Jesus cares. He loves you. And you matter to God. Leave the fear of suffering and persecution and death behind. Walking in the truth in the security and the peace that because the tomb is empty, God has proven that death is not the end, either for Jesus or for us, and that anything that the world can take away, God can give back in this life or the life to come. Jesus came to set you free. The Lord says, I have created you. I have formed you. I have redeemed you. And I have called you by name. So do not be afraid. Your time in the tomb is over. The living Savior has rolled the stone away. And it's time for you to leave that place and walk in newness of life. The angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. How about you? How about someone you love? Why are you living among the dead when he has opened the tomb and called you to new life? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a second. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. 
respect everyone's privacy around you. This is hard. But I'm going to ask you to ask yourself, what is my tomb? Or to think of some people, a person that you love, and ask God to reveal what is the tomb that they're living in. And then I'd like you to pray this prayer either for yourself or for them. Because I believe that this is the reason you're here today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I ask you to pray this prayer. Father, I am living in a tomb. You know what kind of tomb it is, and you know what put me here. But I need you, and I want to be with you, living in love, confidence, and freedom. So I confess my sin, and I invite you into my life. And in Jesus' name, and in the power of the resurrection, I am walking out of this tomb, leaving my grave clothes behind so that I can walk with you in newness of life. I want you to pray that prayer and understand that Jesus Christ, by the power of his resurrection, has set you free. And with every head still down, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer either for yourself or for someone you love, would you raise your hand? Be bold and declare that you believe that the tomb is empty and it can make a difference not only in your life but in others. Lord, we pray these prayers we celebrate your empty tomb and we walk with Jesus in the newness of life. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen.